This is Community Matters, the podcast that brings you conversations that are critical to managing and governing condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. I'm your host, Tony Campisi, Executive Director of the Keystone Chapter of Community Associations Institute. Tune in each episode for the insights and information that are key to inspiring professionalism, effective leadership, and responsible citizenship. Ideals reflected in community associations that are preferred places to call home. Community Associations Institute celebrated its 50th anniversary in 2023. The community management profession is about the same age. So at the half century mark, what is the future of community association management as a profession? I'm going to ask that question of today's guest on Community Matters, Michael Mandillo, president of First Service Residential, the largest residential management company in North America. Before we get to our topic today, here's a brief word from our sponsor, Hoffman HOA Law. I'm Ed Hoffman with Hoffman Law, LLC. Hoffman Law, LLC is a recognized leader in community association law. We're known for our responsiveness, legal acumen, leadership in the association industry, and our unwavering focus and commitment to education. You can learn more about us at our website, hoffmanhoalaw.com. Hoffman Law LLC is proud to sponsor this episode of the Community Matters Podcast. Michael, it's good to see you. Welcome to Community Matters Podcast. And uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little about First Service and your role at the company? Sure. And thank you, Tony, for uh, uh, allowing me to to be part of this in First Service. So we're excited to to be part. So uh, Michael Mandillo, president of First Service Residential. I've been part of the First Service Residential family from inception. Uh, That would be now over 26 years. I'm president and focus in on the east of our uh, east region of first service residential, which covers from New Hampshire all the way down to South Carolina and every state in between that. Um, First service residential is an organization that focuses in on third party community association management. It has its specialties in four verticals, if you will. Uh, not in any order, but uh, one vertical being the consulting side of the business. And that's where we work with developers and builders that before they put the shovel in the dirt or while the shovel is in the dirt or while they're still in developer control, we have uh, a focus in on that line of business. And the other three verticals uh, are uh, homeowners association condominiums, which being one and mid to high rise being another, and then master plan and lifestyle being the uh, the, the fourth vertical. Um, we focus in, as I said, on community association management, and that's managing over 9,000 communities throughout North America. So we're in Canada and the US. We manage 1.8 million homes, uh, consists of about 4 million people that we are accountable and responsible for servicing. Um, and, uh, that consists of about 18 plus thousand 
associates within first service residential. And that's the, the key focus. And we do have other ancillary services and other service lines that we do provide as value add to our uh, communities that we manage throughout North America. Michael, tell me how, how does first service residential work alongside community associations to benefit residents and what types of services does the company provide? So, you know, riding alongside is two sides of this, the way, the way we, we view our roles with uh, community associations. Um, one is we have to operate as a collaborative partner, aligned and open to have um, great dialogue amongst the, the board members. But at the same time, we're here to serve uh, the community and the board. So it is a fine line. Uh, it is a fine line of driving our expertise, including internal subject matter experts, to drive value for the communities. And the communities have different needs, and, and we can go on for, for years talking about all the different needs that get granular within. But keeping it on a very high level, you know, I would say the basics, which are table stakes, are um, your financial responsibilities. That's keeping uh, the community strong financially and being fiscally responsible. Um, security safety is another area of where I would say is table stakes that we have to be delivering on a daily basis. Um, and it's also the service, the day-to-day -day services to keep uh, sometimes the lights on. So depending on the community that might be from moving snow, landscaping, and the health of the community. Now, those are the table stakes. Yeah, uh, in reference to how we see ourselves in playing more of a, a role is really about forward thinking and really where the trends are going. And how can we bring our leverage of our size, may that be an aggregate purchasing power for them, or even just leveraging resources um, that a community may need, may it be what's trending in um, energy, um, financially, the economy, where the, the economy is going, and then also being mindful of the sales point of the community and also um, the generations within a community. Most communities have multiple uh, multi-generations that are living there. So if you break it down is how are the Gen Z's coming into this market, uh, but mostly the, the, the Gen X's and the, the Gen Y's as well as the um, millennials and the baby boomers, how are we working within the communities that have all those types of generations there to make sure that the community has a um, culture within it as well. So a lot of that is playing all those parts. It's a very difficult task for any management company to drive its services into those areas. But we do feel that a lot of those areas, we have some strong differentiators that we can bring other subject matter experts internally into the mix to really help uh, our communities prosper in the direction they want to. Do you think you made an interesting comment about the, the generations represented in, in communities? Do you think we did a we did a program for this uh, earlier in the year? Do you think that especially with younger generations now becoming homeowners, do you think the presence of multiple, and this is true in a lot of communities, I'm sure, of multiple generations within the same community makes it more difficult to deliver the management services? Well, I, you know, I think we're seeing that just in everything, right? Probably in your your work, right? With the, the teams that report into you being 
uh, ones that might be more veterans and more senior um, uh, experienced in the industry, and then the young and up and comers leaders that are coming in. So I think the difficulty side of this <clears throat> is each generation being very patient and staying curious to the opportunities that we could learn from each other. That becomes the challenging side. The opportunity is much greater than the challenge. But the, the hardest part of that is each of the generations, and I'll take two for examples, you might have your Gen X's on one side or baby boomers, and then you have your <clears throat> Gen Z's, which are the, the younger up and coming uh, Gen Y's, I would say as well, <clears throat> that if each one has an expectation of how that other generation should be acting, instead of really concentrating on the value they can bring, and or the potential value of the other generation can bring, you would bridge a gap significantly quicker because there's good in all. And I don't want to say that as a politically correct line, but it truly does have value of there is great knowledge in a team coming together and separ separating from the ages, but focusing more on the best of all to operate better. That is the challenging part. It's the challenging part of where we really need to come in with a very positive intent and then at the same time staying very curious as an individual or a generation, uh, both fall hand in hand, on how we can make this community better by balancing that we live together as a community. So it really comes to then where I would say uh, leadership skills and awareness and people skills. Those are the areas that really are the key foundation. I'd say the root cause of either the success or the root cause of the challenge starts at the awareness and the people skills and the leadership skills in that. So it does have its challenges for those reasons. But there is a tremendous upside, a tremendous upside. And we are very dialed in to the importance of all of those generations having a true voice in a community, as well as the leadership of the community. So that could be the board. The board could have a dynamic uh, leadership um, uh, age, uh, as well as generational separation, but also the team that works there from the management team but also the surrounding support uh, of vendors or professionals as well. So it really ties in all together. So speaking of generations, I, I mentioned during the introduction that CAI celebrated its 50th anniversary this year. And the, this profession is about as old, a little, little older probably. And your experience spans about half that time. So from your perspective, how has the role of a community association manager evolved over the years and, and, and the, the two decades that you've been involved with First Service? And what are the trends that you see shaping its future? So great question. First of all, congratulations to all the, the folks and all the ones that have had their fingerprints over those 50 years, because it's, it's an amazing uh, feat of what it's come a long way. And I know those journeys because I was around actually 60% of the time. So it's 30 years in the industry that I have been uh, a, a focused in on, on this industry. So congratulations on that. But um, to your question about what has 
what has changed from the community manager perspective. Um, I think it's been a dramatic change, but I would say in the last seven to 10 years has been the most dramatic. I think um, COVID has also uh, turbocharged that growth because we were all uh, put into a gravity situation that we had to kind of mature through and everyone was in an unknown position. So kind of the playing field was equal across the board. But where I see the biggest change, and it has been dramatic, is that, you know, this industry was one of where it was of a necessity. You know, someone needed to manage a property and, you know, who would do that? And a lot of the, the, the people that were doing that were ones that were doing it either part-time or in very, very small boutique mom and pop uh, um, companies. And it was a spinoff of company, might have been a real estate agent that was managing some properties on the side. So take that and go that go back to the early years of that. Mm-hmm. And then we look in the last five to 10 years where it's really, really, uh, I think, exploded of the demand of leadership and professionalism from our boards, the board members, the developers, the residents and also through technology and social media has really demanded this industry to step up, step up in the level of what really constitutes the professional manager. So when you think about the hard hurdle a property manager has to manage a community is you've got to be somewhat of an expert in a lot of areas. And that's a very difficult task. But most importantly, is you're dealing in real time with residents and boards that can communicate with you through all types of technology and social media. So the accessibility has raised uh, the bar highly uh, to to a highest level. Part of that then leans into is um, what type of technology platform are you on so that you can help your managers manage the day-to-day business and making sure that streamlining the heart of the house as well as the technology part of the business is helping those managers uh, manage the needs of those properties. So what, what it really comes down to is the professional of a manager now, you do have to have some knowledge in construction and prop project management. You have to have high level skills in people, um, I think, you know, serving people you know, understanding the hospitality side of the business, responsiveness, time management, but also the financial side of the business now. So more and more folks are getting on the boards that really have a deep dive understanding about the financial and fiscal responsibilities that they have in the community. That manager has to be knowledgeable in these. They don't have to be experts. They don't have to be CPAs. That's why you have your your auditors and the auditing firms to do that. They don't have to be legal experts, but they have to be able to manage when it's needed and manage through those challenges. Risk uh, is a big part uh, of this as well and how they're managing the risk, but also what's trending. You know, where is things going? Now, you better be on top of um, the, uh, the, the energy part of this, you know, and in some of those areas where it's city influence, the laws are changing drastically around what communities and buildings are needed. You know, the unfortunate 
scenario, which was tragic in Surfside, created a whole other knowledge of where, you know, engineering and construction needs to be. It's a higher level. What is that doing? That's driving a more experienced leader in that in that area. Now, the positive of that is it's driving the base comp of a career of a property manager. But the fact of the matter is it's changed dramatically. And I say this to all the property managers out there that if you've been in the business for 10, 15, 20 years, um, continue to change with time. Do not plant your feet and think that because you've been in this business for 15 or 25 years, that that gives you some level of right to say that I could stay in this business. You know, the business is changing. The mindsets are changing. You know, you can leverage that experience if you are absolutely um, pushing yourself to develop yourself as a leader and in the skill sets. So it is it is it is driving um, a different, different level of of manager, Tony, uh, than it has been in the last five to seven years has lifted dramatically. And I think that's true of most professions, because let's face it, the world has changed dramatically in the last five to 10 years. You mentioned technology. That's a big part of it. And that seems to move quicker and quicker, and quicker these days. Um, artificial intelligence is going to dramatically change everything again. So as technology continues to advance, what are the digital skills that you think professionals in this field um, need to prioritize for, for future growth? Well, one is one I think you have to start from the base of this is to understand and acknowledge and be aware of that it might be fearful for most people because the, the unknown creates the fear. And that fear then creates different um, situations that that could put some anxiety on a person. But here's what I, I, I believe. You have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And the first starts with is technology is not only here, but technology is moving in a faster light and especially in our industry, which it has been delayed for such a, a, a long period of time, that it's here and you need to get on board that it's gonna be part of your day-to-day. -day. Now, here's the good news. Technology is now also being driven to where it's becoming more simpler to use. So the reality is that they the, the technology that is coming out, the digital you know, focus, is going to be one of where, you know, as you put, where certain things that I'll call the heart of the house or streamlining a business process is if technology can do that, it then gives the property manager, and I'm using that, it could be a staff accountant, it could be an admin, it could be, you know, an executive or anybody, but it, it gives the person more time for them to lead a community, develop a culture within a community, take care of the physical aspects that are needed to the community. So it's it's really time management. So, you know, the age of where this is continuing to go is I choose to look at it in a positive that is not taking jobs away. It's giving people more time to actually deliver a better service, being more responsive, maybe even creating a little bit of time because I think across the board, all managers across this industry work incredibly hard. And sometimes in, in cases, our residents don't see that. The boards don't see that. And you need to have a, a, a work-life balance. This is also, I think, gonna help 
in that fashion as well. So I I say to people, embrace this, be part of it, stay open-minded, stay curious, you know, learn, ask questions about this because it's going to continue to evolve and there's more companies coming into this industry because they see it as an opportunity of an industry as a whole that has been very, very played with being antiquated in its style of doing business as 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 a, a community association management industry, if you will. So we're talking a lot about how everything is changing these days, and, and um, that includes the expectations and the needs of homeowners and residents. That, that's likely changed over the last five, seven, ten years. So how can a community association manager adapts to meet those changing expectations of the people who live in the communities that they're managing. Yeah, that, that, that has a, a multiple for, for me that has a multiple kind of uh, maybe answers, but also categories. So what I have seen, especially uh, I'll say in the last five years, and I think COVID played a part in this as well, that unfortunately, um, and I see this in my personal life, if you go to a restaurant or go out for a drink and stuff, um, driving fuses are shorter. I mean, the 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 residents, the the boards, the the fuses used to be a bit longer, maybe a little bit tolerant of things or you know, time sensitive when it needs to be, but allowing a little more time. That has changed. That has changed. You know, now we could sit here and and as an industry and complain and point fingers and, you know, wear a little bit of a, of a victim hat, if you will, or mentality. But I think the reality is what we have to do is you have to pivot and adjust to this. So one is, we have to get better in training internally uh, as an industry on one of how we should address issues. What should you actually own as accountability of a person's actions towards you versus is it just how they feel and you have to filter through the noise on how they deliver that message and then take what the content is of that message that might be emotionally driven to you and realize that it's not me that they're attacking. It's the way they feel, but I still have to resolve the issue. I still have to resolve the content and the issue. So when I look at kind of as a property manager, how do you change with these times? A lot of this is going to be time management and also, um, an avenue for managers to either vent internally or be coached and mentored in how do you deal in situations like this? Because we, you know, we always have been troubleshooters, this industry, right? We've dealt with, God forbid, they happen of fires or, or uh, in some buildings, terrorist uh, attacks or construction issues, weather related. I think we're resilient as managers across the industry in this area, but what has happened now is how are we dealing with the accessibility of residents and, and, and boards have now because of technology and social media to come. And a lot of people sometimes are a little bit more bolder behind their thumbs 
than they are when they are face to face. So it's not going to go away. So how are we going to address that? What type of people should we bringing in, bring in and how are we training right from the beginning to identify fixing an issue? And kind of I, I use this with with my leadership team is saying it's like watching a a, a movie uh, and a, I'll say um, an action movie and, and shutting the, the volume off. It's not as intense because the volume drives your eyes. So it's like, how do we tune down a very high level emotional delivery to make sure we're we're responding to the content? Because still we want to be responsive. We want to make sure we're helping those individuals. And I think we as an organization have to put more emphasis on training in that area of that. Um, and I think that that's going to be more, um, more in the out output of what we're going to see in the next couple of years because i think we're seeing as an industry more turnover because people are getting burnt out we have to do something about it. that's our obligation and we want to service you know for for us we love this business we love working with our residents our boards but we recognize the challenges and we also have to be incredibly supportive of our team and how and what's the best way to coach them and support them when they need uh empathy from to them, or they need a shoulder to lean into them. And that's that's going to be the balance over the next couple of years. And we're seeing it already. And I I, I, I see it across the, the board in, in the industry as well. So the burnout topic, that has come up repeatedly in, you know, internal CAI conversations. Um, our education committees, manager committees, they bring it up. And it's definitely an issue that the industry needs to continue to work through and you know, one of the you mentioned COVID a couple of times. I think we can all agree that probably prior to COVID, remote work was more of a luxury, and now it's more of an expectation. And so that gets to the heart of the the burnout issue, the the work life balance issue. Certainly, there's benefits to remote work. How can a community association manager balance the need? This this gets to I think the heart of a community manager position probably 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. How do, how do they balance the need for a physical presence in the community that they're managing with the benefits of virtual management that we're starting to see become more of the norm today? Yeah, that's, that is incredibly difficult because it's like saying, if I am accountable for coming in and cleaning a building, how do I do that virtually? Right. right. You have to physically be there to, you know, clean the building right now. There's obviously going to be um, and things are already out there where you can have, you know, remote kind of um, technology that can do certain amount of that work that it's not a human doing it. But at the end of the day, the the industry has an expectation, our clients and properties that have a sighted presence, presence has an expectation that there is a person there. And that I have not seen yet surface. Obviously, if you're in the heart of the house doing admin, um, marketing, uh, accounting, financial technology, that has more of an easier remote hybrid life balance to it. 
Um, but the properties where there needs to be a physical presence still, um, look, you know, our industry will see more communities and, and management companies lean towards drones doing certain expect, uh, inspections. There, you know, cars are going to be able to come in and do inspections with the cameras that you can control. So there'll be types of things that will come in to do that. But as of the physical aspect and the presence of that, where it's needed at the sighted level, I think, again, um, it's going to come down to that that is going to still be here for a while. Um, look, you never know in the future where things go to. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we have to expect that that's going to be there. So our our as an organization, what we need to do is to rally around the support of that team there. You know, how are we giving them support uh, in their day to day and what can we do to help them relieve when there are challenging times is going to be the more focus, at least in the next three to five years. And that's something that's very near and dear to us on uh, bandwidth and span of control. So our executives that oversee uh, communities is we are looking at that on having better uh, span of control and better bandwidth so that they can spend more time and connecting with their teams versus having, you know, 30, 40 properties that they're overseeing in, in a, you know, 100 mile radius. It's just not, it's not, it's not doable. It's not feasible for a long term. That's where we're seeing a lot of um, ones that are stretching that on their, on their teams in the industry. We're seeing that that's the struggle uh, that we're seeing why communities are going out to bid because they're feeling they're not getting that support and the managers who are saying, I feel like I'm on an island. That's just a real issue. So the investment back into the business, into the people is going to be very important how you how you strategize that. So let's talk about professional development for a minute. That's mostly why CAI exists, professional development of managers um, what strategies do you recommend for community association managers to stay up to date and continuously improve their skills, especially given all of the change we see and likely will continue to see in the industry? That's a that's a that's a terrific, terrific question. And first of all, you know, kudos uh, and a shout out to uh, CAI for really being the leader in this over the last 50 years and seeing the quality, that quality was important and um, the the focus on education is, in, is important. But what I, I look at is that's one avenue. I do think our industry, uh, the majority of the management companies lean to CAI as being the only outlet and I really think that management companies need to take ownership of managing and developing their teams because leadership development is not really a big focus in our industry. Um, I take great pride in, in believing that there are two types of education for anyone in any industry. It's the skill level. Um, and then it's the leadership level. Now you can break those two down into into other subcategories, but if you think about the skill level, 
um, you can learn a skill on how to run an effective board meeting. And that is incredibly important to a property manager. It's incredibly important to the to the management company and to the, the community and to the board. But it's one component of it. Managing the people, time management, effective management, and even developing the leaders on the board. How are we developing those leaders on the board who are volunteering? And how are we managing all the different professionals that surround that community um, is going to come down to the to the property manager being a leader, as well as understanding and being a subject matter expert in the skill area. So I do see there is a need in the industry for this because uh, leadership development to get really good qualified people to want to be part of this industry. Some of them are coming from very sophisticated and very mature industries that they expect it. They expect coming in and wanting to be, what is my career path? Where am I going in my career? How am I going to get from where I am today to the next level and walk me through the company's trajectory to get me there? And then how are you going to train me to do that? And it's also about how do we take a community and work through the leadership side of that community so that we're not just, just checking a box and saying, well, we, we perform a monthly financial statement for you. We go to a meeting monthly and we handle the day-to-day -day table stakes, whatever that is, you know, the, the grass cutting, the violations. That's a, that is definitely a, a component of our responsibility and job. But how are we leading that board? How are we looking and seeing what's trending? How are we going to look to communicate effectively a message? That's all training. That just doesn't come with time. So there's got to be a very finite focus around a lot of components around leadership training. It's not a global one. It's very specific to certain areas. And people coming into this industry that come from other industries that might be further advanced in that area, they're expecting it. And if they don't get it, they're leaving or they're going to go to a company that can deliver that. So it's very, very important, I think, to leverage what CAI offers us, um, but not to lean into it as the only component of that. So we've talked a lot about change in the industry. Um, final question for you, Michael. What do you see um, as the biggest, maybe the top two changes we can expect to see in the field of community association management over the next five to 10 years? Well, I I, I definitely have to say technology is, is at the forefront. We, we're seeing so many companies in the technology side of the business coming in and really looking to get an understanding and not trying to have like an over-the-counter platform. So I do think that our community leaders, boards, and residents are going to want to see a company that is completely on the cutting edge of technology. And, and I think that that is going to be a huge huge 
shift again. I also think subject matter experts in verticals, like truly wanting the expertise and value uh, to each of those verticals, may it be a master plan, a lifestyle, a high rise, but really having a team of subject matter experts that are are able to bring them into the next, uh, I'll say the next wave. And I'll tie in another one with technology going back is energy. Um, it's already happening. I mean, in the major city markets, the 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 laws are one hundred percent shifting and have shifted, and they're going to go into effect, you know, in a year to three years, where you're going to start seeing buildings getting fined if they don't come up to par with it. So, you know, energy is going to play a big big part in this as well. Well, Michael, this has been a Fantastic conversation. I want to thank you for joining me today for this episode of Community Matters Podcast. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Community Matters. We're glad to have your attention for a short time. And thanks once more to the sponsor of Community Matters Podcast, Hoffman HOA Law. You can find them on the web at hoffmanhoalaw.com. To learn more about First Service Residential, visit them online at fsresidential.com. Interested in being a guest on an upcoming episode of Community Matters? Reach out to me at Tony at CAIKeystone.org. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll get notifications every time we post a new episode. And please share our podcast with your colleagues and friends. For more resources and best practices on managing and governing your condominium, cooperative, or homeowners association, you can contact CAI or visit our website www.caikeystone.org. Thanks for listening.